Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So here we are, and (laughs) I am having so much fun because we started the Spring Living a Course in Miracles course, the eight-week, 16-class course with uh, so many wonderful folks from around the world. I, I've kind of lost track of how many countries, at least 11 countries and thousands of people from all over the world. And you can join us at livingacourseofmiracles.com. All eight weeks, all 16 classes are totally free. And we have wonderful folks like David Hoffmeister and John Mundy, Gary Renard, and many others. And we just had fantastic week with Rhonda Britton, author of Fearless Loving and Fearless Living. So we're underway and we're having fun. Please join us. Please share with your friends. It's a great way to introduce people to A Course in Miracles. And sometimes with family and friends, it can be challenging to bring up A Course in Miracles and explain the teachings. And I really feel it's uh, it's not our job. And We live our life. We demonstrate the efficacy of living in spiritual principle. We demonstrate the efficacy of living the love and walking the talk. And then people become curious because they see you're more peaceful, that you're happier, you're more fulfilled, and they'd like to know why. And that that then creates a door opening. But we don't need to proselytize about spirit. Spirit, <laughs> spirit is all there is. So everybody has their own divine connection and we can trust that. In fact, one of my favorite lines from A Course in Miracles comes from chapter 2 and it is the Holy Spirit cannot ask more than you are willing to do and in every moment if we cultivate our willingness to be the love and be the peace then our family our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors are going to feel and experience the love and it's an inspiration it's a natural motivation so Speaking of a natural motivation and inspiration, let's place our hand on our heart right now and start off with a blessing, breathing deeply, consciously connecting and communing with the Spirit. 
invoking divine grace into our awareness, opening our hearts and minds to the highest possibility for our life. Right now, we are remembering to partner up with the Holy Spirit, partner up with the higher self, partner up with divine love, and remember our true identity and we're consciously affirming our willingness to see and know and feel and experience the true identity of all our brothers and sisters. So we really are walking the talk right now, living the love right now, and in gratitude we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So, what I'm really noticing is that there is this sense of quickening, a a sense of uh, speeding up. And many people in my life all around me are either feeling more tuned in, more tapped in, or they're feeling more challenged. Like the pressure that makes the diamond, it's pressing against them so that they can reveal their diamond heart. And the only way that I really know to live this powerful practice of love, the only way I know to really experience it and be so tuned in and tapped in is through cultivating that willingness and cultivating a deep and profound spiritual practice. And people spend a lot of energy or invest a lot of energy in reading a lot of different books in order to try and uncover some magic formula when really the magic formula is already pre-installed within us. It is the willingness to treasure our relationship with God versus treasuring the things of this world. And it's challenging, but that's why we have this wonderful teaching that we can lean into, which is to seek the kingdom first, which is within, and all else will be added unto us. So it's a matter of trust and faith. In that, placing our trust and faith in our own connection with our divinity. And that can be so challenging when we, in our day-to-day experience of ourselves, discover so often that we're not trustworthy, that we don't keep our agreements with ourselves and with others, that we say we're going to do something and we do another thing. And we say that we're going to be unconditionally loving, but we're actually judgmental and critical. So it's this constant refinement that our life is presenting us, the refinement of our attention and whether or not we are trustworthy. The more trustworthy we are, the more we walk the talk and live the love, then the more we experience God as being trustworthy in the sense that we have more comfort in what I think of as radical trust, really placing my trust in the invisible and not in the things I can see with my eyes and touch with my hands. So, today we have a super yummy guest, <laughs> Regina Dawn Akers, and she is the scribe of a wonderful book, probably many of you know it, The Holy Spirit's Interpretation of the New Testament. And I am 
am so excited to bring her on and we are going to find out what living the love and walking the talk is like from Regina's point of view. Regina, are you there? Yeah, I am. I've never been described as yummy before, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I would say that to me, anyone who is really living this life of love and has a commitment to that is super yummy. So, <laughs> so for for those folks who aren't familiar with your book, would you tell us a little bit about it and how you came to? author it sure um it did begin with a course in miracles i started a course in miracles in april of 2004 um i was actually on a disney cruise at the time i thought being away from work on vacation would be a good time to start giving the course my attention and um i also for some reason thought that before starting the course formally i should say a prayer you know kind of like you did at the opening of this hour so i uh started saying a prayer, and I don't really remember what I was praying about, but as I was praying, it's like this desire came down over me to surrender. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it, it was just amazing, and I heard myself saying, I will learn whatever you want me to learn. I will do whatever you want me to do. Just please make me useful for the rest of my life. Mm. And then I started the course, and by that I mean I started reading the text and started doing the workbook. And I was around lesson uh, 77, so it was about 77 days later when I started having, you know, kind of visions as I was doing the course workbook. I would begin to have visions that would help me to have clarity regarding the core meaning of the lesson. Mm. And then... um, Several months, several more months went by. I had, you know, a few visions during this period of time. And then several months went by, and I I had this vision where I was in this deep cavern. It was very, very dark, and I knew there were a lot of people in there with me, but no one could see to find their way out. I also knew intuitively there were about eight different passageways that people could get out. Um, And I was standing there with an armful of lit candles, and people would come up to me and I would hand them a candle and they would use the candle to find a passageway and find their own way out. So when I came out of that vision, I, I, I had this sense that it was kind of like a calling, but I didn't know what it meant and I didn't want to use my head to figure it out. So I said a prayer and I asked the Holy Spirit to please tell me what that meant. And and that's when I received um, the first time hearing the Holy Spirit like a voice, um, like a mm. scribe would hear in the mind. And what I heard was um, that I was being asked to write for the Holy Spirit and then to teach what I write. And I was told this is how I would learn. Now, I still wasn't done with the workbook, so what happened over the next several months is just while I was meditating on or focusing on the workbook lesson, instead of having the visions like I had before, I started receiving these messages through an interdictation. I would write them. And the only thing they did, they were very personal, the only thing they did was help to bring me clarity on the workbook. Um, It took me 13 and a half months to do the workbook. And when I finished the workbook, about three days after I finished the workbook, I started hearing this inner voice. And it asked me to read the New Testament, 
to know that the New Testament is just a symbol, and if I would realize that I don't understand the symbol, that it would give an interpretation to me. Um, I was also got, had been guided to leave my job and move. And in fact, this was also only three days before the move occurred, um, which is probably you know a worthwhile point that the guidance came to leave my job and move, but I didn't really know why. <laughs> you know, so I had to be willing to step out and leave my job and sell my house and buy another house in North Carolina without knowing what was going to happen when I got there. But three Trust. months before. The- <laughs> three months before the move, this I mean, three days before the move, this guidance came. And after I got settled in North Carolina, then one day I, I heard the voice tell me one morning to get up and find a Bible. It was time to begin. And all I did, I really did nothing. All I did was read the New Testament starting at the beginning, and I would feel an intuitive prompt that would tell me when to stop reading. And if I thought I understood what I read, which sometimes, of course, I did. I had had prior Bible training. Then my job was to empty my mind of my own thoughts. And then when I got to a point of emptiness and a desire to only hear what Holy Spirit had to say about what I had just read, then just an inner dictation started. And then I was just like a a secretary, you know, just writing down what I heard. So there was no thinking. There was no analyzing. It was just purely being open to receive. And um, I did this for 13 and a half months, and that's how NTI, which is the nickname for the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. NTI just stands for New Testament Interpretation. But um, that's how it came. It's such a beautiful story in so many ways, Regina, because all the time, I'm sure you hear this, people are saying that, A, they would like to be useful, they would like to serve. And they also get guidance all the time that they don't follow. So yeah, there's this in fact, inner conflict. But you, you, and I, I loved what you said right in the beginning. You had this desire. Yeah, and and you know, when when the guidance came to leave my job, I was a professional woman. I was a director of a national department in a national company, so I had a good job. <laughs> And I'm also a single mother. My daughter is adopted, so there's no father there that's paying child support or anything like that. So I was the sole provider for my daughter. So when the guidance came to came to quit my job and move, uh, I got to tell you, there was a lot of fear. This was not mm-hmm. just like okay, you know. <laughs> uh, sometimes the fear was so great that I thought that I would die just from the fear. Um, but something in me knew. Uh, whenever the fear came, just to kind of lay in bed in a fetal position and wait until it passed. Something in me knew just to let the fear pass, but not to let it stop me. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes I tell people that really it reminded me of the old um, TV show, Let's Make a Deal. You know, sometimes people would win a washer and dryer, and they really loved the washer and dryer. They were very happy. And then Bob Barker would say, Would you like to trade your washer and dryer for what's behind door number two? And I kind of felt like my life, I mean, I enjoyed my life. I enjoyed my job. I enjoyed where we lived. But I kind of felt like my life was the washer and dryer and that I was being asked to trade it for what was behind door number two. Uh And there was this feeling that if I didn't say yes, I would never really be fully happy again anyway because I'd always wonder what would have happened if I'd said yes. So I kind of had to to go, even though I didn't know why I was going. I had to follow this calling. Um, 
and and that's that's all it was. You used the word desire. I think I think desire is is perfect. I had a very strong desire to find out that God was real, the truth was real, and I knew that I would only really learn that if I was willing to step out on a ledge. Now again, always with guidance. I wasn't you know picking the ledge myself, but <laughs> but it took it took some um, bravery. It does. It takes it takes courage and one of the things i love about the word courage is and probably many people know this by now but it it comes from that latin word core of the heart and so courage it doesn't mean that we're not afraid or that we're not even terrified but nonetheless we are yeah. going to choose and move as directed by our heart so that's it's so critical what you're sharing in your story, Regina. Just the fact that you were so terrified, you were like in bed, immobilized by the fear. So it's not like you didn't have this incredible experience of fear, which is in the body, right? We feel it so intensely in the body. But you didn't let that deter you. So when you were... In, immobilized in the bed like that, what, what kinds of thoughts were you thinking? Uh, well, you know, there was really two things going on at once, and you would have to call that both ego and Holy Spirit. <laughs> it, it wasn't like I had just one there. They were both there. And, um, you know, ego, I remember one time ego was just telling me that I was being stupid for falling for all this spiritual crap, <laughs> throwing away a perfectly good life, you know, and <laughs> something... Terrible was going to happen. I was going to end up homeless, destitute, you know, and that, you know, how yeah. could I throw away such a good life? Um, and my daughter, of course, the ego loved to tell me how my daughter was going to suffer, and she wasn't even the one choosing it, which made me incredibly guilty for ruining her life. Yes. <laughs> right? And then, and then there was just this gentle intuition mm-hmm. that just asked me to wait, wait until it passed. Just wait. And sometimes when, it, sometimes when it got very dark and there was this feeling that I would never find my spiritual willingness again, I would never find that wonderful feeling that I had when I originally surrendered, it, it would just tell me I would find it again. Just wait. And, and that was really, you know, that's one thing about the Holy Spirit is, you know, sometimes you know, they call it the still small voice as well. And it, it can be very small and very still and very quiet um, and at the same time, the ego is just ranting and raving and screaming. And for me, the experience was deciding to trust that little weight. That's yes. really all it said. It didn't promise me the world. <laughs> it didn't even promise me that I was going to be okay. It just asked me to wait and told me that, that the fear would pass and I would find my willingness again. That's, that's as far as the promise went, and I chose to follow that. Beautiful. That's the perfect demonstration of trust. So, Regina, it's time for us to take a short break here. And I want to remind everybody, I'm Jennifer Hadley with Regina Dawn Akers, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles. And we are walking the talk and living the love right here on Unity Online Radio. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. 
Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer Hadley. So we're we're here with Regina Dawn Akers, and she is the scribe of the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. And she's telling us her story of really what it feels like to me is healing and transformation. And so uh, Regina is is sharing that like everybody she got guidance divine guidance divine inspiration to to make a change in her life for her it was pretty radical to quit her job and to go move and one of the things that she did that a lot of people don't do is she actually followed the guidance and just what you're sharing with us Regina about how many times do you think you took to your bed like that <laughs> in fear? Oh, my. Well, the the primary ex- fear experience was on and off for about a year. Um, and I would probably say, you know, at least 20, you know, really strong, high fear days. And I And I didn't have a history of panic attacks. In fact, I didn't even know the word panic attack. But I would imagine people that had that thought in their mind, that would probably be very similar to the type of experience. I called it ego attack. <laughs> yeah, so this is not... So to me, this is... You're telling us that you're essentially an average person in in your response of fear. What is remarkable and inspirational is that despite all of that, you did have that strong heart, you had the courage, you had the willingness that the Course in Miracles is always talking about having us cultivate that willingness to listen and follow the Holy Spirit, to invoke the Holy Spirit, to to be willing to be guided, to value that inspiration more than the ego thoughts and the thoughts of attack and separation. And so you what it feels like to me is you you went through a fire like a cleansing yes that's exactly that's exactly the experience a purification i i call it and what i i think is instrumental in understanding this is as we said before desire you said it first actually desire is where it began you had a desire to be of service and to to be used by spirit and spirit will hear that so sometimes people say that and it's really they're coming from ego sometimes they would like spirit to use them in a way that will be publicly recognized (laughs) and where everybody will think that they're wonderful and so deeply spiritual and it it feels to me, Regina, like when you made that request that it was a simple, quiet, but heartfelt request, that desire, desire meaning of the Father, desire. It was really that divine desire in your heart to be fulfilled through being of service. Yeah, and if I was to point at something in my history that very well may have led up to it, um, a number of years, probably about seven to nine years before this experience on the Disney cruise, I read a book called uh, The Life and Work of Peace Pilgrim in her own words. 
And I was highly inspired by this woman, Peace Pilgrim. I was, I, I, this was before I was on any true spiritual path, and I didn't have the language then that I could put to it now. And, you know, she talked about we are all one, and I had no idea what that meant. Um, but there was something about this woman that I, you know, I can't even quite describe, something about her where I knew that she had discovered something real, mm-hmm. something that I hadn't discovered. <laughs> and, um, you know, whether you called that love or whether you called that God or whatever, I could just tell through her demonstration that it was very real and very concrete, more real to her than the world or any perceived danger in the world. And I really wanted to learn to know what she knew. And I think that that was a a major experience for me. And although it may have been seven to nine years before it manifested in this surrender, I think that's when the seed was planted. And, And how long before was that, before the cruise? Uh, it, seven to nine years before. Yeah, right, okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah, Peace Pilgrim, it, uh, it, her story is amazing. She is such an inspirational being. I actually, I remember meeting and hanging out with Peace Pilgrim 2, <laughs> a, a gentleman who followed in her footsteps and uh, was also very inspiring. The Life and Work of Peace Pilgrim, in her own words. So, Regina, I want to ask you about something because one of the things that's been very helpful to me is this recognition that what I believe is in our heart, if you will, we have these seeds of divine nature planted in our heart. And when we activate the divine desire to live the highest possibility of our life, which doesn't mean that anyone would uh, praise it or recognize it, it it would bring fame or fortune, but the highest possibility of our, our ability to love, to see and know and feel and hear clearly divine guidance. When we have that desire, then it is that seeking first the kingdom and all else is added unto us, meaning all else that could possibly fulfill us. What do you think of that? Yeah, you know, it's funny because after in 2004, after this surrender, um, I did not know what was going to happen, but somehow I knew intuitively that my life had just changed, even though nothing had changed yet. And I went to my family members, my father, my mother, my brother and sister-in-law and boyfriend, and I told them what I had done about the surrender. And I told them that I didn't know how things were going to change, but I knew that they would. And that when they started to change, I wanted them you know, not to be frightened about how suddenly I was acting differently. And my mother became afraid that I would end up homeless or something. This was long before I received guidance to leave my job. And I remember then telling her, that there was nothing to worry about, that as long as I needed a home, a home would be provided. And if I ever didn't have a home, it was because I didn't need one anymore. So I did have this intuitive knowing that I would always be given what I needed. You know, uh, I think the Bible says something about, um, you know, a, a worker is worth his pay or a worker is worth his wages or something like that. <laughs> it's referring to that idea that God gives you everything you need if you surrender to God. 
Um, now, I don't think that necessarily, you know, homelessness doesn't ever happen. I mean, Jesus was homeless. Buddha mm-hmm. was homeless. Peace Pilgrim was homeless. But, but that suited them fine. You know, there's never a lack of any right. kind. That, you know, that, that's impossible. Lack is impossible. If we look at form, then, then we may perceive a lack. Um, if somebody else looking at Peace Pilgrim may have perceived a lack, but she did not perceive a lack. You know, I, every so often, you're reminding me, every so often I'll be meditating or some, in my spiritual practices, and I will hear a, a voice ask, look around your home. Is there anything here that you need? Would you be able to give it all up? And it, it, it's like every so often that happens, and it's been happening for a long time now, many, many years. And I think it's just a constant looking around, Do how do I feel about the stuff? Is the stuff important to me? And this is one of the things that I've noticed in my spiritual walk, because I've had a spiritual practice now for 25 years. And so I... I noticed that I don't have a sentimentality about stuff. There are certain things that I do, I value, I treasure, but it's the connection with the person who gave it to me. It's the love that it was given to me with. And if I lost the thing, I know the love would not be affected in any way. But do you... um, do you think that, uh, have you noticed that you have less sentimentality and things like that? Yeah, in fact, I, I've also had that exercise in the mind about, um, you know, is there anything here that I, that I can't, that I would be unhappy with? And um, it's funny that when I look at the material things, the thought that pop, has popped up is, oh, it would be hard losing that. It's the hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then I realized, but you know what? If the hard drive somehow goes, like if the house burns in a fire, then it must be okay, because it can't it can't be taken away if it's still needed. So at that point, it must not be needed anymore. So, but it is kind of funny that my mind goes to the hard because that's where all the all my writings are and right. and uh, all of my you know recordings and <laughs> that's what I look at. Well, and I actually had a, a thing with my laptop a couple years ago where uh, I had an accident and I poured some tea, I spilled some tea on the the keyboard and so it kind of fried things. And when I took it in, I asked them, please, whatever you do, don't wipe the hard drive. And of course, they wiped the hard drive. And um, that's when I realized, well, I guess I... I don't need any of that stuff. And whatever so I've have, got backed up, I've got backed up, and that's it. Yeah, we have proof then that that is survivable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, you know, one of the things that has been a huge revelation for me, Regina, is the difference between that desire, the, the desire that is the divine desire, versus the wanting, which is the craving. Uh, and... Um, Sometimes that wanting and craving really has to do with wanting to know what happens next, wanting to know how it's going to work out. So your story, it illustrates what a healing it is when we can move into that place of trust and faith where we don't know 
in an ego-satisfying way how it's going to work out. But we can feel in our heart and literally even in our body, we can feel, we, we, we allow ourselves to get to the point where we can clear out all the opinions and judgments so we can just feel, I am cared for. I am yeah, cared for. There was a, a transition thought that I used for a time. It showed up and it was helpful. Um, it was it was using my life, looking at my life like it was a movie and realizing that, you know, when I sit down to watch a movie, I really don't want to know what's happening. The fun is in letting it unfold and discovering it as it happens. And so for a time as a bridge, I started deciding to look at my life as a movie and just to enjoy to see it as fun, to watch how it would unfold just like an adventure. And, and that really helped me get over that desire to feel like I had some kind of foresight about what was coming. And, and now it's very, very natural just to live in the mystery of the day. Um, you know, when I get up in the morning, I don't even know, you know, what I'm going to do first. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know the, the, some days I work out first, some days I meditate first, some days there's a phone call, uh, some days I even walk the dog. You know, I get up and, and then the knowing of what I'm going to do comes. And I've learned to really love living spontaneously like that that's 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 amazing especially as a mom how old is your daughter now she's 15 now so she's a lot more independent than she used to be (laughs) right and do you see her living this way too well it's funny i don't teach her in the way that, you know, like when I was younger, I was one of Jehovah's Witnesses, and Jehovah's Witnesses certainly have a practice of setting down and directly teaching their children. I don't do that. I don't teach her. However, she lives here, so she cannot help but be around the discussions to see the demonstration, to see the choices I make. And, um, you know, you you wouldn't look at her and, and see her as someone who has actively chosen to follow this path, yet somehow she has already determined within herself the difference between her wisdom and her not wisdom and she's mm-hmm. learned to follow her wisdom and make very wise decisions it would it would have been nice to have been like her when i was her age i wasn't quite so <laughs> so well balanced but she's very balanced and it will be fun to see how she continues to develop that is beautiful so do you have any uh suggestions or advice for people who are raising teenagers of how how to be that living example well i can tell you that um you know i used to always you know she'd say something then i'd say something and she'd say something then i'd say something which i think is a typical pattern and a, a very a very average guidance that i started getting which people thought was a mistake, but it obviously turned out to be the right choice, was often not to respond, just to, you know, not to get involved when when she was, you know, getting caught up in her ego, just not to respond, just let her be, just leave it alone. Um, And what started to happen was her ego just started to fade very quickly because I wasn't there playing with it. Uh, It didn't have anybody to play ping pong with, you could say. And... um, I was commenting to someone yesterday, she's 15 years old and she's never been grounded. And that's not because I I wouldn't if it was necessary. It's honestly because it's not necessary. And I give Holy Holy Spirit credit for that because Holy Spirit taught me how to parent so that I didn't play the ego game. And as a result, she just doesn't have this inflamed ego that most teenagers have. 
Wow. So we are uh, coming up to a break here. And what I, I, I oh boy, I have a bunch of questions. <laughs> okay, we'll so, look at that after the break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you are listening to A Course in Miracles. We're here with Regina Dawn Akers, and we are literally living the love on Unity Online Radio. We'll be right back. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And following up on that announcement about the Pledge to Live A Course of Miracles at Facebook, please join us on Facebook. You can just search for the uh, Pledge, ACIM Pledge there at Facebook. And I, uh, a couple of times a day, I usually post some favorite quotes from A Course of Miracles just to remind us of uh, the words of wisdom and so we can take them into our heart it's always a reminder for me i love doing that every day and also i invite you to share your comments and your your feedback about the living a course in miracles teleclass which is well underway you can join us at living a course of miracles.com and another announcement I'd like to make in case you're new to the show, I record a new prayer every day and you can be my prayer partner. I have prayer partners all over the world. And just to become a prayer partner of mine, go to jenniferhadley.com and you'll see there the prayer page. You can sign up to receive the link to listen to the prayer every day in your email. Every day I record a new prayer. You can also grab the phone number there and you can put it into your speed dial. There is no charge for this. It's totally my gift to you. I love having you as my prayer partner and we have a great prayer circle 
work all over the world. So please join us. And I'm here with Regina Dawn Akers. She is the scribe of the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. And we have been talking about, just just before the break, we were talking with Regina about her experience raising her daughter. And Regina, I want to ask you a question. So you said uh, when your daughter might go into some of that ego um talk and instead of doing that ping pong back and forth hitting the ball back to her the ego ball back to her you learned to say nothing now that seems kind of challenging for a lot of people so i wonder if you can a give us an example of how you would be able to say nothing and have it not actually inflame your daughter because that that seems interesting yeah, well, the funny thing is, um, you know, again, I was doing this based on guidance, but the first time it happened actually is, is rather extreme, but it, it was, <laughs> I was sitting in a rocking chair, and she was probably about nine at the time, and uh, I can't remember why she became angry with me, but she did, and she started kicking the back of the chair, so she wasn't actually kicking me, there was a chair there, but mm-hmm. she was kicking the back of the chair, and what I wanted to do with my natural ego parent was jump up and start screaming at her. <laughs> And and uh, Spirit asked me to do nothing, just to sit. Again, it was that weight, do nothing. And uh, this, again, wasn't easy because this was my first time and everything in me wanted to jump up and scream at her. But um, I waited, and I don't know how long she continued kicking, maybe a minute, which can seem like an eternity, but it's not. But then all of a sudden she stopped, she walked around the chair, and she wa- wrapped her arms around me and hugged me, and it was over. And uh, after that, it was never that extreme. It was never physical. It was always just, you know, her saying things that kids say. You know, some people might perceive it as, for example, being disrespectful or rebellious or whatever. And um, most often the guidance is not to respond or it's to respond in a very, very gentle, quiet way. You know, like, uh, you know, if, she's, if, if she would be demanding me to do something, which I know I'm not going to do, just say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that and then walk away. So there might be a response, but it would not be an involved response. And what just happened over, I mean, this, this is a period of a few years. I don't want people to think it's overnight. Mm-hmm. But what happened over a few years is that her loud ego just got, you know, the periods of time that she was upset just got shorter and quieter. You know, in the beginning she might go in the room and slam her door and might, you know, but it just got shorter and quieter and shorter and quieter and then um, nearly disappeared. I, to say disappeared would be not true. You know, we still get little little um, anger comments, but that's what they are. They're like a, an anger one-sentence comment, and then it's over. Uh, it's pretty amazing, actually. And are you able to really cons- just consistently across the board not respond with irritation or frustration or... In the beginning, it was a challenge. I had to, you could say, restrain myself in order to follow guidance. Uh-huh. But through observing this process and learning that it actually was the best choice, yes, it's actually become easy now. See, now that's something that people don't realize. It's the, uh, you're never, I'm never upset for the reason I think. So w- when we're irritated and frustrated... We're never irritated and frustrated for the reason we think. We, we always want to blame somebody else, or most of the time we want to blame somebody, blame somebody else, that if they weren't doing that thing, I would have peace. 
So you get to learn to really walk your talk by... Uh, I'm trying to think, what was the word you just used to to restrain yourself uh, and not express what you're feeling, but instead to what I think of as transmute it? Yeah, you know, it, it, really, it really was a choice. Even, you know, in, in that moment when your daughter is saying something that appears disrespectful or rebellious or whatever, in that moment there is a choice. And you can, you know, fly off the handle with your ego or you can check in real quick for what spirit's guiding or what intuition is guiding. And, and, and you can choose to do that. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. But, but you can make that choice. And, again, my experience is over time, especially as you begin to learn that that really was the right choice, then it does become easy. But in the beginning, you know, you're going against habits that you've had for so long. You're going against an ego that is incredibly loud and at least in my experience, it does take great restraint or great self-discipline and great desire um, to, to follow those moment, momentary Holy Spirit guidances in the heat of you know, an ego anger that's right there on the other side wanting to rise up. Yeah, one of the things I'm thinking about is, say, younger kids, three, four, five, six years old, and they're doing things like, oh, they want to climb up on the back of the couch and balance on the back of the couch, and the parent might be concerned that the child's going to fall off and crack their head open. And it can become an ego battle of get down from there and that kind of thing. So you you, you had this experience when your daughter was nine, so you might... Did you have any experiences like that that you can relate? Well, actually, you could say we had one this morning. <laughs> a little different, <laughs> but um, my daughter is 15, and she's learning to drive. And there's a particular road on the way to school this morning where there is a yield sign because typically there's not much traffic. But when people are taking their kids to school, actually during that period of time, there's a lot of traffic. And so she did a... Um, a looking without a stopping because it's a yield sign. She was thinking, yield, I don't have to stop. She did a quick look, and there was a car in her blind spot, and she pulled out, and, you know, it was only like a foot away from having an accident. Mm. And so I, you know, I said to her, um, you know, you, sh- you should have stopped and checked there, and she said, it's, it's a yield sign. And I said, yes, but when it's busy, you still need to stop and check, and, and she got angry. My inner guidance was to let it go for now and bring it up again this evening when, when it, at a different time when she's not angry. So it's not that we're not going to discuss the safety measure, but in that moment, that moment had passed. Um, she was angry. It wasn't a good time to talk about it, especially while she was continuing to drive. So later on, probably this evening, there'll be a moment. I'll feel the prompt. Now's the time. And then we'll go back and we'll talk about just because it's a yield sign doesn't mean you don't stop. So, so safety is still there, but sometimes... Uh, you know, sometimes the, the exact guidance on how to handle that situation is perfect instead of our normal ego, fearful, angry, reactive way. That is beautiful. That is a beautiful example because you know what I hear in that, Regina, is you're very respectful of her as a human being. Yes, that's true. In fact, um, I, I don't really see her, even though I, of course, refer to her as my daughter, I don't really see her as my daughter in that superior, I'm a parent way. Mm-hmm. I actually see her as totally the same as me. 
Um, that's that's the truth of how I see it. I understand that I'm in a parental role, but I see that as a temporary role. And in truth, she is exactly the same as me, and I and I respect her totally. Yeah, one of the conversations that uh, I, I find I have with people a lot, and I had it with myself <laughs> a lot, which is you get to that point as an adult where your parents aren't, in a sense, they're not your parents anymore. They're your brothers and sisters. And so what I'm hearing is the same thing with your daughter, is that she's now your 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 sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. And w- when we can really open our minds that way to the people in our families, it, it actually brings tremendous peace because we have more compassion. Well, and you said something in the first 10 minutes before you introduced me. I don't remember your exact words, but basically you were mentioning that everyone had the divine spirit within them. And uh, that's, you know, that's how I see it. I know that she has a guidance that she, and I know that, you know, my boyfriend has a guidance and, you know, everyone in my life has a guidance, even if they don't seem to be as clear on it as I do or talk about it as much as I do, it's there. And I trust them and their inner guidance as much as I trust me and my inner guidance. And, and that's what I would say to you, Regina, is that's because you really have the awareness that we're all one. And so you're not separate. No. from your daughter or from your family and that is that's really walking the talk that really is living the love and bring it into 3d and it's not airy fairy it's really very practical and it makes life so much easier Regina, I know a lot of people who are listening are going to want to know how to find you, and we don't have we have very little time left. Can you just t- give us a website? Tell us how to find you. Yes, the best place to go is reginadonacres.com. Um, that's R E G I N A D A W N A K E R S dot com, and. Um, Many of my writings are there, links to anything they want to know about me. All of my teachings are there. Um, and, of course, everything's free. So it's a fun place to go. Thank you. And it's time for us to pray out. I'm going to invite everyone to place their hand on their heart. We're remembering that the kingdom is pre-installed. It is within. And as we take this breath of gratitude, we give thanks. We give thanks that we are one. And we are living the love together. And so it is. Amen. 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 That's it. Boy, it went by so fast. Thank you for being our guest, Regina. I loved talking with you. I look forward to more. I hope we can have you as a guest again soon. It would be nice. I enjoy getting to know you also. (laughs) Thanks, Regina.